0: Adafruit would again like to remind parents this Halloween to please carefully inspect your kids' candy. What? Oh, for crying out loud!
1: Desolate Anna. We will never give you up and they will never give you in. Whatever. Uh, happy Halloween everybody, Halloween Eve. Eve?
0: Yeah, it's Baker of candy for uh, versions of Doom and uh, Rick Rolls.
1: Yeah. Um, thanks to Phil B for making uh, some hilarious videos to, to cheer us up um, and I hope everyone's having a good night finishing your costumes or going to parties uh, or coming home drunk from your parties. But we did some engineering today <laughs> instead. Uh, and we actually uh, got a bunch done, which is why we're, we're filming a little bit later than usual. Um, it's still Hacker Clock here at Desk of Lady Ada. Um, let's dive right in. Yeah, let's so, do this. What are we doing first? Okay, so first up, let's go to the computer. Um, so, you know, we've been revising a lot of our um, TFTs. Um, we've got a new TFT supplier. Um, they can basically make the TFTs that we've been getting from our supplier that we've had for the last couple of, years decade but um the prices have come down a bunch and they're you know the displays are nice and bright um and they seem to be really good quality and i was thinking like while i'm revising the, the products to use these new tfts because it's like a kind of a big revision like we you know it's not uh, what we call a mix and match revision um this is a good time to go to the pcb and also make some pcb revisions because like even though i don't have to change it there's a couple things i wanted to update, so. Um, you know, in this original design, this is really old. You know, I use a lot of 0805 parts, which I think is fine. But I really wanted to add an i c connector um, so that, you know, especially for this board, because it has I2C for capacitive touch, and you can use SPI for the TFT display. Um, you know, I wanted to shrink down these SOIC connectors to TSOP because also, you know, we don't need to use. I, I originally picked SOIC because, um, you know, we had this really big pick and place. This is a really old product. Uh, and, you know, we used to have this pick and place that was, like, not as good as the one we have now. And it really want like, the bigger the part, the better. Yeah, I found that, you know, for especially these uh, 245, 74, uh, LVC 245s, getting them in an SYC package has not been as easy lately. It's actually been easier to get T SOP. Like, you know, T SOP is still huge. Uh, so I wanted to revise that and also, um, you know, with that space that was left over to make a uh, spy connector. So let's go to the overhead and I'll show the new prototype. Um, So now it looks like this, you know, green prototype PCB. So you can see I just shrank these down Um, and, you know, the pins are the same orientation. They're just tinier. So um, all the traces shifted and then that gave me a little bit of space. Uh, This I'm actually moving up a little bit. So it's even with the um, SD card. Uh, but I have it here just, uh, hooked up to my, uh, cutie pie and then let me just, uh, plug this baby in. Hit reset. Okay. So this is the, uh, standard, uh, capacitive touch screen drawing program. Um, you, know, you can pick a color and you can draw with it. Uh, So it just shows that the SPI interface is working and the I2C interface is working and the IRQ is also working. There's an IRQ line. Um, And so what's really nice is there's no soldering, you know, you just you just connect an FPC to this uh, cable. So, you know, again, you know, the 1.3 inch TFT will be revised, the 1.54 inch, the 2.2 and the 2.8. Like I'm just as I'm switching them over to this new um, display provider adding iSpy Connect, which just is something I've been meaning to do. So it's kind of like I'm using this as an excuse of like, okay, you know, let's just do one revision and, and be done with it. So um, that's coming along. So that, that'll that be, you know, what's funny is we have 12 in stock of the, the current old version and it's still perfectly fine. But when we run through and we're done with those, know, th- yeah, that's when we'll do the changeover. So basically the changeover happens when we get close to out of stock of something. Um, I'll do the revision notes. Okay, so the exciting thing that I worked on is I'm finally like trying to like get some stuff done from projects from earlier this year. So um, one of the boards that I didn't... that I started actually December 2021, I laid it out, and then I, I never... I, we ended up not being able to get some parts, and I was just like, ah, I'm doing other things. Um, but I do want to finish this, is the Scorpio board. So this is the RP2040, um, and I've got a um, 74 hct 245, it's also a level shifter, similar to the one on that uh, capacitive touch display. Um, This one takes a 3-volt logic signal from the RP2040 and shifts it up to 5 volts, um, and then gives you eight 5-volt outputs with matching grounds. Um, Great for driving NeoPixels or anything that needs 5-volt logic, but especially NeoPixels because the RP2040 has that PIO um, programmable IO uh, state machine system. Um, and we've, you know, got, NeoPixel is one of the first, like, obviously it's one of the first demos that people wrote with it, and then we got the eight-strand NeoPixel code working with it, and then we got the, high, uh, the HDR NeoPixel um, library working with it as well, so you can actually get, like, sub-timing dithering going on. Not a lot, just two, two bits of dither, but still, you know, more than zero. Oh,
0: um, question came in, because, you know, there's always a lie. Yeah. Uh, the previous thing you showed off, will yeah. the revision be drop-in
1: compatible? It's otherwise drop-in compatible. It's just like I just added this connector. So, cool. you know, people who use the old, you know, if you if a lot of people have used the old versions in their designs, they're like, I need the pins to be the same. exact. Everything's the same. It's just like if you want to now not, you know, solder it in. Because I do see people who are like, I just want to connect to it as a TFT breakout. And I don't need the eight. I expose the 8-bit interface, but a lot of people don't need it. And and honestly, you know, SPI is really... The peripherals for SPI are so fast these days. Originally, when those breakouts were designed, they were designed when, you know, people were still using Arduino UNOs and 8-bit interfaces. uh, Sorry, 8-bit microcontrollers. Your SPI interface was like 2 megahertz maybe, right? But your 8-bit, you could bit bang at much higher speeds because you could write one... um, you can write one port at the same time. So if you had that 8-bit aligned with your GPIO, you could actually like slam through your graphics very, very quickly. Nowadays, to be honest, what I'm noticing is that Bitbang GPIO is much slower on a lot of chips. Like on the ESP32, Bitbang GPIO is not anywhere near as fast as that processor speed. It goes to a secondary bus. But SPI, when you DMA it, which again didn't exist on the 8 bit microcontrollers, but now you have DMA on almost every platform, um, it's blazingly fast. So, like, you know, we have these boards that expose an 8 bit interface. Honestly, very few people use 8 bit interfaces anymore. It's not, it's not significantly faster than SPI, even though, te- you know, technically the SPI is overclocked. You're not supposed to clock those displays at 60 megahertz, but you can do it. It's fine. I won't tell anybody. Uh, anyway, so the RP2040 Scorpio uh, board. So, um, you know, I wanted, you know, and like I kept revising it because I was like, oh, I want a stomach UT connector on it. And, uh, you know, put the AMEG's of flash. And then we want a nice silk screen. So it's basically a feather. And, um, you know, it turns out that if, if you arrange all the pins, there is actually like GPIO 16 through 24 are available. 16 through 23, whatever, are available. Eight in a row. Eight in GPIO in succession, which means that you can then do uh, PIO tricks because you have to have all the pins in succession um, for them to be uh, easily addressable. So um, I got that going. So here's just a quick demo. So I've got this like ultra HDR NeoPixel strips. This is like you know 300 LEDs per meter, and um, you know you have to power the LEDs separately. But then um, you know here's here's it driving the, the, this pixel strand demo, um, does, you know, a pulsing, uh, strand test throughout the color space. So, you know, this one is now it's yellow. And then if I had, you know, eight of these, these would be all going at the same time. This is yellow, green, green, teal, uh, blue, purplish, and uh, pink. So um, you know, this, is the, 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 this is a strand test for NeoPixel 8. Obviously, I only have one strand of NeoPixels, but it can drive eight in a row. And it, you know, the, the RP2040 also has a ton of memory, 256K, 264K of RAM. And so um, I think you do the math and it's like you can do eight strands of like 500 pixels a piece easily. You uh, can just buffer that much, m- much memory. Um, and unlike the um, 51, which I'm not going to get for, like, two years, you don't have to, like, expand the bit space to DMA it. Like, the PIO is, like, it can use, you can do it at a byte at a time. It's a little bit more um, memory smart. Like, with uh, some, like, I think the Teensy um, NeoPixel DMA also, you have to, like, expand the bit pattern and then pulse it out. And it's okay, but it just ends up using a lot more memory than, like, if you're shifting the data in one bit at a time and you don't have to like expand it um, for, for the DMA access of the DMA and GPIO axis. So the RP2040 is particularly well suited for this. Um, there's also an HDR mode. Um, so the HDR mode doesn't do um, as long strands. It's only for like 64 pixels in a row, but it's um, It's spatially dithered, which is, you know, it's going to be hard to see here. But basically, you know, as you get to the lower brightnesses of neopixels, because our brains and our eyes are logarithmic, you know, doubling the amount of current through something doesn't double. It it actually is more than double the brightness. Like It's it's quadratic. So getting um, low brightness LEDs require gamma correction, which means that you have to um, you know, you're you're you start seeing noticeable differences because our eyes are more sensitive at the, the lower range of brightness. What you can do is is subtemporal dithering. So you're writing the neopixels and you write them so fast that you can um, fake like you can kind of fake PWM the neopixels by um, writing you know ones and zeros to to PWM you know within. What your brain can see. And these are running, I think, at 400 kilohertz PWM. Sorry, 800 kilohertz update rate. I think the PWM rate is like, yeah, it's like 10 kilohertz or something. Basically, you can do two extra bits of data before uh, you run out of time. So, you know, it goes from basically being 8 bit color per channel, you know, 8 bit red, green, blue to 10 bit, which is still, again, you know, better than nothing. and and some people, especially when you're doing very subtle lighting effects, will, will enjoy it. So this is just the demo of that. And then on the bottom of the board, um, you know, added two jumpers, so you can change the buffer from being output to input. So you use this as a logic analyzer where it would take it could take up to five volt uh, input signals um, and then shift them down to three volts for you, and then you have like a nice little buffer as well. So, you know, I know that there's people have turned RP2040 into um, a logic analyzer with whatever that free logic analyzer software is. I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but, um, you know, you get eight channels. And again, with PIO, you can, and, and all that RAM, you can do pretty fast, pretty good uh, data capture uh, for logic analysis. So, uh, you know, if you if you can afford a sale, get one. If you can't, maybe this board uh, will do the job. And then, of course, it's still a full feather, and you can. Use you know you can attach you know SD card if you want very easily because it's just you just plug in a, a data logger wing you want to add a TFT you want to add um, sensors whatever you want to add uh, airlift with Wi-Fi to, to make it be Wi-Fi controllable uh, go to town so that will be um, coming soon I think this is done now you know I've gotten everything working and I tested it I just kind of had to wait till all the parts were available especially that um, TQFN level shifter that was being a little bit difficult to get but now it's uh, available yay you know you can get it uh, it showed up at uh, at uh, Rochester Digikey and Rochester had it so right. I was able to order uh, a thousand pieces so that's and good
0: you want to do some great search
1: yeah so I thought what uh, what I'd show um,
0: right, well, let me start this uh, intro
1: start the intro where <laughs>
0: Uh, great Search Brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit. Every single week, Lady Ad, use power of engineering to help you. Yes, you find the things that you're looking for on DigiKey.com. Lady what is the Great Search of the Week this week?
1: Okay. So this week, I'm working on this Neopixel driver board, the RP2040 Scorpio, which I just chatted about. And Neopixels are driven with this a square wave that is Manchester-coded. The, the width of the pulses is what determines... Um, the data being sent, which means you can use one wire and you don't have a clock and data, you have one wire. And this is, you know, very handy because it's very convenient for wiring. It's very easy to do wiring. Um, And this board has eight outputs. So you can see here, here's, uh, oh, let me go to the computer and I'll show the, um. so you have eight outputs here and each one is driven by this high-speed microcontroller, the RP2040, which is running at like 133 megahertz. And the um, bit pattern is 800 kilohertz uh, clock speed, um, but the and it's level shifted as well. So there's a level shifter here. You can see the the 74HCTBQ 20 74HCT B20, 74AHCT, uh, 245BQ, which is the TDFN uh, version, very compact version because they didn't have a lot of space. Um, but the the thing that we've noticed is you know. Um, Having it level shifted up to 5 volts is really good. You really want a nice 5-volt nice signal. But sometimes the strands of wire that reach from the uh, neopixel driver to the neopixels can be like multiple meters. And we tell people, please don't do that. And they do it anyways. Um, so the problem with that is you know, you've got the capacitance of the line. And you've got this very strongly driven 5-volt square wave. Um, And if you combine a very strongly driven 5 volt square wave with a very long wire, you get ringing. Um, And that's why normally you would have a terminator at the end. We're not going to force people to have termination at the end. They're not going to do it. But the good news is that, you know, the width of the pulses can be, there can be a little bit of variability because um, every NeoPixel um, reshapes the waveform. And so instead what we'll do is we'll just put a little bit of resistance in line with each output. And, you know, that combined with the, the capacitance, it'll smooth out the curve a little bit. It'll keep it from, from ringing. the capacitance the inductance, it'll keep it from ringing as much. You'll get a little bit of a, you know, it'll be a slower rise time, but you know what, that's, that's fine. So, um, the only problem is, is that like, I really had very little space left over um, because I needed, you know, all the feather circuitry, which was here. And then the RP2040, which, you know, even you can see I did a 7-7 seven, seven rule. It's a two-sided board, but I had to get so many traces around. Um, it was it was just difficult to make a lot of room. There's a lot of capacitors that you need and you need this flash memory and you need this crystal and you need this Neopixel. So in the end, in you know the systemic UT, I really had almost no space. I had like two millimeters of space. And I was, you know, I was actually trying to figure out how to fit it all in. Um, and even 0402 resistors were like, I couldn't stack them up next to each other. And then I realized like, oh wait, I can get resistor packs in 0402. And then I realized, I don't think I've covered resistor packs on the Great Search. So let's go to the overhead and I'll, I'll show some off, because they are very, very handy. Um, I mean, we see them a lot in circuits, but you know I, th- I feel like beginners don't always know to use them. Um, so basically, let's see,
0: hold on, let me make sure. you to Yeah, I know, I gotta, I gotta
1: back it up. Hold on. There is a minimum distance. Okay. Um, so, you know, I've got, uh, you know, when I revise this board, for example, there are, you know, a couple spots where I have individual resistors. The problem with individual resistors, no problem, I love them and everything. But you do need to have pretty big pads on either side um, because they love to tombstone. Whereas with resistor packs, like for example, here, I've got four LEDs in a row. You have four LEDs in a row and you can make them all use the same you know choke resistor value. One uh, resistor pack is the same size as a single 1206 resistor or you know 0805 resistor, basically, but you get four in a row. And another nice thing about them is um, they don't tombstone, I found they're, they, as long as you place them straight on, um, they are, they're, they're wide enough and they're kind of heavy enough that they don't seem to lift as much. So, you know, the pads are smaller and it's okay. Um, i have not had any issues. So this is a one K I think it says, no, sorry, it's 472. So it's a, f- uh, 4.7 uh, K. Um, cause you're very bright oh, 0603 or three resistors 4.7 K resistor pack. Um, these packs tend to be 5%, not, you know, you don't usually get 1% uh, precision, although I think you can in some values. And then this one is just, it, it basically is just four or oh, four or two resistors, you know, all in a row, but it's even more compact because you don't have to have space between them and it gets placed as one component. Uh, likewise on the Scorpio board here, um again I didn't have a lot of space and um you know I'm not against using oh two oh ones but like you know it, it's uh two oh ones are are tough to place. Um, these are basically sorry, these are 201 equivalent, these are this is uh a weight oh four, so this is oh four oh two. Sorry, these are oh four oh two sized resistors. The other ones were six or three size resistors uh, packed together. These are four or two pack resistors and, you know, they're very compact, but, you know, they place very nicely. I've had very few issues, even if, um, you know, the, the pitch is actually not that bad. Um, they definitely fit within an eight eight mil rule and uh, they're inexpensive. And then, you know, I was able to basically where normally the traces would go through, um, they fit perfectly in between all the different traces. Um, and allowed me to to you know, have a little inline resistor without a lot of effort. So let's go to the computer again, and we'll I'll show it. So then you can see here, um, very compact, and the spacing is almost identical to the spacing of this component, which is uh, 0.5 mil. So these are about 0.5 mil as well, which again is very standard uh, pitch, and you know you're 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 not going to have to spend more on manufacturing for point five millimeter pitch. Point 0.4 is where it gets a little bit uh, nasty or below, but point 0.5 is fine. So these are well within uh, reason and these are um, four times 0402 so these are 0408 these are uh, eight mil by four mil okay so let's go to oops digikey so let's go to resistor and I'll show you. So um, resistors, there's so many resistors that they actually have multiple different categories. Just watch out, because it's like you're not going to find them in one, one category. There's the through hole and the surface mount. But resistor arrays are actually a totally separate category. They're not part of the surface mount resistors. Um, I also actually use these for uh, another thing I use them for is the um, SpokePov boards which we don't really make anymore. But let me uh, show you the kit. And um, these were great for the spoke POVs. Hold on. This is the... Oh, it's not visible on this image. Hold on. Oh, they are, but they're stacked. Oh, here they are. So these yellow LEDs here... Um, these these sorry these yellow uh, resistors over here, those are bust resistors. So they're a resistor arrays, but you get they're nine pins, and you get eight LEDs, and they're all they all have one end connected together. They're bust, and then the other end is um, left over. So they're really great for LED you know choke resistors. Basically, you know each smoke pub had like thirty LEDs. And I didn't want to also, you know, you have to solder on the LEDs, but I really didn't want to include thirty resistors. Um, And I wanted to have some, uh, I wanted to have even coloring, so you have to have choke resistors. How do you deal? You know, how did I minimize it? You include a resistor pack because it was easier for people to solder. So, good for surface mount and through hole uh, usage. But that said, uh, we do want to have a surface mount version. We are not looking for through hole. And then the next step, the value. So. Um, you know, basically the, the value is going to be a hundred ohms. Um, again, you can get weird values like 1% or 0.1 once in a while, but really resistor packs, they tend to be about like 5% only, like those are the easiest ones to get the 5% values. Um, so go with your nice, even 2.2 K, 10 K's, etc. Um. They also have like voltage divider versions. I said bust versions where you have nine pins, eight resistors, and they all share one uh, common pad, but we want isolated. So they're they're individually separated. Each one is a unique resistor. They're just glued together side by side. Um, They do make them in four and eight. I could have picked eight, but I happen to like the four packs and I just put down two. Um, So I'm actually going to do in stock and uh no marketplace so i just see what's in stock at uh directly at adafruit and you can see you know you can get the eight packs um you know you see this a lot on um like computer cards or anything that has a bus you know you have an eight port bus and you'll have a resistor pack or something you know inline or um you know this was another eight resistor pack 1206. we want a four resistor pack because again four Two, I feel like it's too little. Eight's a little bit too much. Four is in the middle. And then I want it in that tape and reel. Secondly, I want the package. Now remember, um, there's basically three packages of, of resistor packs. There's the 1206 package, which means it's the size of a 1206 resistor, and it's equivalent to four 0603 resistors back to back. There's the 0804, which is four 0402 resistors back to back and then i've never used the 0502 but that's clearly the 0201 resistor um that's going to be really tiny i mean you you need a lot of resistors you don't have a lot of space go with that i'm going to go with the um, 0804 because again it's 0.5 mil spacing it's within reason and then um you know i can just sort by you know price you get a reel. Reels tend to be about 10,000 pieces. Um, this one has a lot of stock. This looks nice and generic. Let's look at the specs. Again, 5%. You know, so just be, just be aware. Like, not good for precision resistor needs. Uh, eight pins. You know, it's kind of your standard resistor. Um, and it's in stock. And, you know, in quantity, it's about a cent. I'll say that if you're you know, one thing to keep in mind because, you know, I'm trying to use more resistor packs is there's a temptation that when you look at your raw bill of material cost, it is cheaper to go with individual resistors. Like individual resistors are basically like free. They're 10th of a cent. So this is actually more expensive than four individual resistors. However, when you go into manufacturing, you're going to be paying per placement usually, um, because each placement takes time. And so, you know, chances are you're paying not per joint only, but per component pickup. If you're paying per, paying per component pickup and your pickups are, you know, two, three cents a piece, which is pretty common, um, it's still going to be cheaper to go resistor pack. So you know, you'd be surprised. Even if I, I don't always use all four resistors, sometimes I'm only using two or three, it's still cheaper and faster and easier to use a resistor pack. And so you'll see, I really like them, all our stem T boards have a, you know, 10K resistor pack because, and the MOSFETs dual, a dual pack. I just pick and, pick and place them. Again, they're a little more expensive than the individual, but the size and uh, manufacturability is superior in my opinion. So um, I do recommend resistor packs, even though there's, they're not something I learned about till after I left school because they're, you know, they're, they're kind of like a weird uh, mutant shape of a common part. But this is what I would, you know, I ended up picking for the um, inline resistors, and uh, they work lovely, and they picked and and placed very cleanly. Um, So hopefully this is the last piece of the Scorpio board, and I'll get that fabricated. That's a great charge.
0: All right, everybody, thanks so much for coming by tonight. Have a happy Halloween. Don't forget to check that candy for Turing complete <laughs> ingredients.
1: Or oh, Rick, Rick Rolls.
0: Yeah. And uh, we'll see everybody else throughout the week. We have a whole cadre, that word, of shows and more.
1: Collection? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, we'll see everybody else.
1: Yeah. Bye, everybody. <laughs>